Welcome to the Director's Guide Podcast, where we cover everything from directing music videos to filmmaking to video editing. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. Now let the show begin. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Director's Guide Podcast, episode number six. I'm your host, Michael Allen, and today we are discussing five mistakes that every music video director should avoid. Now, mistakes are something that's a little bit, is the word taboo? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But mistakes are often looked at as as sucky, as bad, which, I mean, they are. But in the bigger scheme of things, we need mistakes to help us learn and grow and to be the best that we can be. Because without mistakes, without the bad, there's no good. So you kind of need those mistakes, like I said, to help you learn and grow and get to where you want to get. Now, everybody makes mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. The professionals make mistakes. Teams of people make mistakes. Corporations make mistakes. So don't look at your mistakes like something that's just the end of the world. When you make a mistake, you have to sit, take, take the time to sit back and go, okay, why did I make that mistake? What can I do next time to prevent myself from making that mistake? That's the way you kind of have to look at things to, to, in order to get you where you want to go. Because if you, if you just cry about everything and you just drown yourself in sorrow for weeks at a time after you make one little small mistake, then you'll never get anywhere. Whether you're shooting music videos or you're just shooting films or you're just trying to work a regular nine to five, it, it, it applies to anywhere. It doesn't matter. You can't drown yourself in sorrow after a simple mistake. Now, let me give you an example before we dive into these five mistakes that you should avoid. And also before I go into the example, stick around to the end because I have an awesome freebie for you. It'll be found on the podcast show notes at 2023vision.net slash podcast slash DG6 because this is episode six and DG stands for director's guide. So if you ever want to look for the show notes, it's at 2023vision.net slash podcast slash dg and whatever number the episode is so this episode is dg6 so like i said that example one time i did a project a video project as a matter of fact i'll tell you about the wedding photos i did and i did the wedding on the wedding day everything was cool i was actually taking photos even though I wasn't really supposed to, I, I'm in love with video, so I shouldn't have been doing photos anyway. But I was taking these photos. Everything went smooth on a wedding day, with the exception of like the reception hall lighting at the wedding. But anyway, I felt confident afterwards. So I got the files home, and over the next week or so, I get to editing. And I'm like, ooh, these, these photos, these are... Uh, these photos aren't so good. So it's like I'm going through them and I'm fixing the mistakes that I made, like the lighting with stuff, the exposure issues. I'm rotating the photos because they were slightly uh, uneven and stuff like that. And I'm just going, I'm like, oh, these photos really suck. Like I wouldn't pay for this if this was my wedding. And I'm like, man, let me just, let me just take a break and do something else. Cause I had a couple music videos in the vault and stuff like that. So I take a break and do something else. That break 
turns into a week. That week turns into a couple weeks. The couple weeks turns into a couple months. Next thing you know, I done procrastinated delivering, finishing the edit on the photos and delivering the photos. The client is hitting me up. I'm trying to avoid them. It's just like it. I spent the money that that they they paid me, you know. So it's like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't do I deliver these photos a month late, and they suck. And do I have to give a refund? Do I give a refund and not deliver the photos? Like what? This is their wedding, so it's like, I. Mm. So all in all, I don't think I ever delivered the photos to be honest. And that is something that I will never do again. When I say never, I will never deliver anything that late again. First of all, I became even more of a stickler for getting the right exposure on set and make sure everything is right when I shoot. And I use that. I was taking photos at that wedding, but I use that lesson and that mistake to guide me into what to do and what not to do when I'm shooting video. So I'm, I'm so, I'm so like pressed about getting the technical stuff, right. When I'm on shoots and stuff. And I make sure that something like that never happens to get again, where I get in the edit and I'm like, man, this sucks. I don't know if I can deliver this. Like everything has to be to a certain standard when I shoot it. And when I get to the edit and when I edit it and that pre- helps prevent me from delivering stuff late outside of, you know, life stuff happening. And I try not to even let that stuff get in the way because I don't want to deliver stuff that late again, because that's something that I learned from. And man, it's it's a horrible feeling when you, like somebody's bugging you, bugging you, hitting you up. And they're technically not bugging you because you owe them something. But you know what I mean? But anyway. That's one big mistake I made and I learned from it and it 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 made me kind of who I am today as far as getting stuff done and how I do things on set when I'm shooting video even though that pertains to photography. Now, let's get into what you came for, which is five mistakes that every music video director should avoid when they're shooting or editing. And mistake number 1 is over exposure now overexposure can be a big one i see it a lot because i we critique other directors videos as some of you may know and overexposure is something that i i see almost every other video i even struggle with overexposure back in the gap and it can catch you off guard sometimes i'm not even gonna lie it can catch you off guard especially when you technically don't overexpose when the sky is actually white outside. And when you get back to the edit and you didn't realize the sky was white and it looks overexposed. But I mean, technically you didn't overexpose, but it, it kind of feels like it sometimes. But anyway, overexposure, it, it can ruin a shot and it can ruin a color grade. Trust me, over or under exposure can ruin a color grade. That is why it's so important to get your exposure right. Not only because it looks bad. But because it ruins the color grade, you can't get that detail back once you over or under expose. And what I like to do is if I'm outside, I look at the sky with my eye without the camera. I look at the sky and I go, what does the sky look like? Is it should it be blue? Is it blue? 
Is it cloudy? Is it white? What does it look like? So if the sky is blue with clouds in the sky, I should be able to see that on the camera when I expose for my subject. So I get my exposure and I drop my exposure until I see bl a blue sky with clouds or whatever the sky may look like at that moment in time. And if my subject happens to be underexposed when I expose for the sky, then I have to find that median in between to where I'm, I have a decent exposure for both and I don't lose too much detail in the highlights by overexposing or in the shadows by underexposing for my subject. And the same thing applies for shooting inside. I find the brightest things in the shot or brightest things in the room, white shirt, white objects, just stuff that's highlighted. And I look at it with my natural eye and I go, okay, that's how it should look in camera. And I kind of find the right exposure to best match how it looks to the natural eye. And that's one, uh, well, the way that I try to beat over or even under exposure. So if you're struggling with exposure, look at stuff with your natural eye and go, that's how it should, it should look close or like that in the camera. Now let's move on to mistake number two, which is shaky footage. Now, the action camera movement where you move the camera real fast to match the music or whatever, that's cool. That is a particular style that works. But when you got that unintentional or accidental shake in your footage where it looks amateurish, it looks like you didn't have the right stabilizer or you wasn't still with the camera, it looks real, real bad. And I'm pretty sure most of you have seen an example of it or you've seen it somewhere, shaky, shaky footage or amateur looking shaky footage, it looks bad. And the way I avoid shaky footage is by not using my hands and arms to create camera movement. I use my body, I use my, my abs, my legs, my hips. When I move the camera, I move with my body to avoid the shake and the jitter you get from using just your hands or your arms. And along with that, I'm creating an intentional camera movement. So I'm moving purposely to give the scene a certain mood or a certain look. So it doesn't look like I'm accidentally shaking the camera. Now, if I don't want to move the camera at all, I'm going to put the camera on a tripod or something. If you're going for a still shot, use a tripod. If you're going for a stabilized camera movement, use some type of stabilizer, gimbal, fly cam, shoulder rig, something like that, or glide cam. Or if you're doing handheld, move with your body intentionally. Move the camera with your body and not your arms. The best example I could give would be like a boxer. Like a boxer moves their upper body to dodge a punch. And I'm, right now I'm moving like a boxer. You can't even see me. But... Move like that with your body when you move the camera. Plant your feet. Use your hips. Move with your body. And that's pretty much how I beat shaky footage. Now, it's going to take some practice. So practice, practice, practice. Practice makes perfect with all of this. All five mistakes that you're trying to avoid with these tips that I'm giving you. The tips that I give you to avoid these mistakes, practice. Practice them. And you'll get better over time. Nothing happens overnight. So let's move on to mistake number three, which is lack of coverage. Now, I see this a lot, too. 
it caught me. I've been caught slipping with this too. All of these mistakes, I've been caught slipping, except for one, I think. Maybe, maybe, maybe number four, I've been caught slipping with as well. But lack of coverage is when you shoot something and it's only like one angle or sometimes even two angles for a whole video. And it's just the same shots over and over. The shots you see, the first two shots you see in the beginning of the video, that's the same two shots you see for the rest of the video with some extra clips thrown in every now and then. That is a lack of coverage. That is a boring video. When you shoot something, you want to get a minimum of two angles at each location. Now that's if you're going to multiple locations. If you're going, if you're sticking with one location, then you get a minimum of five angles for a particular performance for the performance takes. I'm talking about performances because this is about music video mistakes. So typically when you shoot a music video, you have to shoot performance takes and then you get B-roll to add to it. But if you're at on one location and you're shooting performances at one location, you should have a good five angles for that one location. Now, if you're going to three and four locations, you can do like two angles per location because you'll end up with two angles for four locations. That's eight different angles or eight different performance takes. So it all depends on not just how many angles or how, you know, it depends on how many locations you have as well. So when I say a minimum of two angles, that's for something like a three or four location shoot. But like I said, a one location shoot, you should have like four or five angles, maybe even eight angles plus B-roll. So cover yourself. The best thing to do when you're starting off to practice is every location you go to, get a wide shot, close up and a medium shot to start you off and then get accessory angles to help you out and give you something to work with in the edit. Because. If you cover yourself and you get coverage of a particular scene, when you get in an edit, or let's take use keep loose, let's stick with music videos, and you get four or five, maybe six or seven angles performance takes at one location, you can hold off on introducing those angles during your edit. So in the beginning of the video, you start off with the first three angles with B-roll. Then during like the hook or the second verse, you come in with you add another angle or two and some different B-roll. Then maybe there's a third verse and you add the last couple of performance takes. And so every verse, the audience is seeing something new that they haven't seen before and it's keeping them interested in the video. That would be an example of how coverage can help you out in your edit or in your final product. So like I said, don't let a lack of coverage beat you. Do not. That is very important. So. Let's move on to number four. Mistake number four is cheesy effects. Man, cheesy effects can ruin a video. Like effects that aren't necessary. They don't even fit the vibe of the music. They don't fit the song. And it's, it's like I said, super unnecessary. Avoid cheesy effects. The, one of the cheesiest effects I see used a lot is the mirror effect. You've all seen it. It's where it's like a little duplicate of the subject is split either horizontally or vertically down the middle or sometimes it's multiple splits and it's because it's a default effect in most editing softwares people like to use it a lot they think it's cool oh let me use the mirror effect to spice of the video no man that is one of the cheesiest effects ever when it's not used right but it can be used right i'm not even gonna lie it can be used correctly but 
all in all, avoid cheesy effects. Now, there are videos that call for a lot of effects, like the Cole Bennett style videos, if the artist asks you for a Cole Bennett style video or the song calls for that, then use effects, but try to use them in a smart manner. Try not to just overuse effects just because you feel like the video needs a little something, something and it's boring. No, if you look at industry videos, which is what we all should be striving to shoot is industry standard videos. At least that's what I'm striving to shoot. I'm not even going to lie to you. They don't rely on effects. They rely on the set construction. They rely on the background, the location, the, the wardrobe, the artist's performance. They rely on everything else outside of effects and effects just add to the flavor. So when, you, when you're planning your next video, think about that. When you're shooting your next video, think about that. Think about the location, the set design, the wardrobe, the colors, and all that before you think about effects, unless the concept calls for heavy effects use. So avoid cheesy effects. Now, lastly, let's get into mistake number five, and here's where I give you the freebie. Mistake number five is bad title, font, or bad text in a video. Now, this one has caught me slipping. For a while, I have tried to avoid text. I use, I actually would do a black screen with just the words on the black screen instead of putting text over the video. That's how much I tried to avoid, like, creating a good title uh, text or title font and stuff like that. I did that for a good bit of videos. Like, I was... I was uh, looking for an example to put in my YouTube tutorial about the same topic. And it was a lot of videos with just the black screen and white text. Like it's, it was bad. I just, man, I avoided it so hard. And then when I did start doing like text over the actual video parts of a music video, it was bad. It just sucked. And it wasn't until I started to actually try and learn typography and learn a little bit of graphic design that I got better at including a title text and title font to a video. So if that's what it takes, then Google search, YouTube search typography and a little bit of graphic design and learn some of those elements that can help you with choosing fonts and, and creating titles in your video. Because if you turn on a video and the first shot is just dope you like oh this is about to be a nice video and then some cheesy font comes up with the artist's name and the song and the directed directed or filmed by and you like wow they really did that it's gonna turn you off just like that so it's like title font matters trust and believe when somebody's looking at your work they're looking at everything looking at the color the angles the shots the title font the effects, all of, they're looking at everything. So you can't just skip title font just because, you, oh, I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it. Like, I've been through that. It's not, you, you have to do it eventually. So just learn it now, take control, learn it now, and get better. Like I said, Google search or YouTube search typography, you know, and how to do title fonts for music videos or whatever you want to, whatever you want to search learn something now with that being said if you're like well michael what font do you use now or what what are you using my one of my go-to fonts 
notice I said one of my go-to fonts because I did get carried away. I did start using it. Once I found it, I started using it for everything. And that is the Gotham font. Now, it is a nice font. It can be used for a lot of things, but it doesn't need to be used for everything. And I, I've, I've learned that. And I'm actually focused on trying to use a different font for every video or a different style of text or title text for every video to fit the particular video so that I can get better at it. But that's beside the point. I, one of my go-to fonts is the Gotham font. And for you, because you may be struggling with the same thing, I'm going to include a download link to that font in the show notes. Now you can find it for free, but why go searching when I have it right here for you? So if you go to 2023vision.net, slash podcast slash dg6 you'll find the little resources and you'll find a download link to the gotham font just to get you started like i said don't use it for everything just use it to get you started and practice with it practice with different font weights different sizes and stuff like that in your videos and over time you'll get better at title or font placement and stuff like that just like you'll get better at all the other stuff that I've mentioned, over exposure, shaky footage, coverage, effects, all that. Practice, 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 practice. Now, with that being said, that is really going to do it for this episode. That is five mistakes that every music video director should avoid. And those are simple mistakes, but they're key things to avoid if you want to if you want to grow. And because I've already made the mistakes, other people have already made the mistakes. You don't have to make those mistakes. So please avoid those mistakes. And if you do make some type of mistake while you're out in the field, learn from it. Sit back and and think, why did I make that mistake? What caused it? How can I avoid it? What do I have to do next time to avoid making that same mistake? And I guarantee you'll learn and you'll grow faster than you ever expected that you would. So that's going to do it, guys. I will hopefully catch y'all. Well, not hopefully. I will catch y'all next week. Get that free font download in the show notes at 2023vision.net slash podcast slash DG6. That's going to do it. I'm your host, Michael Allen, and I will see you next week you've just listened to the director's guide podcast be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our weekly episodes and we'll catch you next time